Praise the Lord. Well, this morning we're going to talk about being revival ready. Oh, oh. how many of you ready for revival? Are you ready for revival? Really? Because, you know, God is going to cause the church to have a great, powerful revival before Jesus comes. Aren't you glad about that? And we're going to be a part of it. Amen. Amen. We're going to be a part of that revival. But you know what? There are some prerequisites before revival. Before we have the great revival in the church and the corporate scene, we've got to have individual revival in our lives. Amen. In our lives. So I'm talking about you and me. Amen. So, you know, the word prerequisite means that something has to happen before the next thing that's going to happen. So we're going to have a revival in our lives when we do what the word of God tells us to do. And, you know, the first thing we need to do is to develop and maintain a passionate relationship with Jesus. How many of y'all know that? We have to have a passionate relationship with Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. How, just let's go back and remember when you first fell in love with your spouse. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, you know, you just could not wait to get into their presence again. Amen. And so, and the next thing you did, you thought about them all the time. You thought about them all the time because they were your first love because you loved them. And so the same thing happened. What about when you got saved and you gave your life to Jesus? You were so excited that you talked about Jesus all the time. How many of y'all remember that? You remember that you talked about Jesus all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why? Because he was your first love. He was your first love. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Got all this assistance here. Praise the Lord. And so how many of you know Jesus wants to be our first love? So that's the first point. Make Jesus your first love. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody knows the scripture in Revelation chapter 2 verse 4. This is what Jesus says. I, nevertheless, I have this against you that you left your first love. So Jesus has that against us. If he's not our first love. Amen. So we want to make him our first love. That's a prerequisite for a revival. We can't even, we can't love our spouses more than we love Jesus. We can't love our children more than we love Jesus. Our grandchildren. How many know we can't love our jobs more than we love Jesus? How many of you love your, your spouses? You love your husband. You love your wife. Amen. You love your children. You love your grandchildren. Oh, we really love your grandchildren. You don't even want to spank them. You don't even want to spank your grandchildren. And you know, how many of you have a really good job? We have, you have a good job. Oh, I didn't hear many horn blows on that. <laughs> okay. A few people love their jobs. I mean, they like their jobs. You love your job. Okay. But we cannot love any of these things more than we love Jesus. Amen. You cannot, you cannot love them more than you love Jesus. He has to be your first love. And so in Matthew chapter 22, verse 35, everybody knows this scripture. Said one of them, a lawyer asked him a question, testing him. This is what he said. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
That's what he said. Then, you know, he went on to say that you should love your neighbor as yourself. But the first and great commandment is to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And you say, well, how can I, how do I love God with all my heart? That means that you set your heart to do those things that delights God's heart. You do those things that delight his heart. How I many you know that's what we want to do? We want to delight our God, amen, and what he wants us to do. Then how do you love the Lord with all your soul? That means all your passions, all the passions within you. You want to, to do those things that please him. How I many you know you want to please the Lord? We want to please God in whatever we do. And you know, the Bible says that God will give you wisdom and knowledge to the person, to the person that loves him with all their heart, with all their soul. Amen. Then how do you love God with all your mind? That means your, your mind, all your thoughts are anchored in the word of God as the final authority. Your thoughts are anchored in the word of God. And you know what? People, how many of you know people like to give their opinions? But, but you know, we had a minister, Brother George, your, your nephew, Mark Gorman. He would come and he'd say, opinions are like, what? Belly buttons. Everybody's got one. Amen. But the word of God is what is important. The word of God is what is important. Amen. So that's how we love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. And we make him first. All right. So then what happens when you're driving and you lose your focus? You're going you're gonna to crash. You're going to go off in the center lane and probably head on, or you're going to run off into a ditch. So the point is to focus on loving Jesus. Amen. Focus on loving God. That's what we are to focus on. Not on the things that's going on here around us as much. I mean, we, we, we take observation of them. We look at them and we say, okay, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? But we're going to focus on him. We're going to focus on the word. We're going to focus on the things that are important. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then in Exodus 20 verse one, this is what God said. He says, I am the Lord, your God, that brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Is God asking too much of us? Is God asking too much of us when he says, thou shall have no other gods before me? No. How many of you know God brought us out of bondage? How many of you he brought out of bondage? Did he bring you out of the world? He brought us all out of bondage. From the world, from the flesh, and from the devil. Amen? So how many of you know that we were bought with a price? And that price is the precious blood of Jesus. Amen? So God has a right to say that. Have no other gods before me. Jesus has a right because he paid the price. Amen? He paid the price that no one could pay. And he paid it with his precious blood. Amen? And so the thing about it is we need to take inventory of our lives to see, is God first in our lives? What are we doing? We need to stop and and examine ourselves. Amen. Praise the Lord to see if he is first. 
So then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, this is what Jesus said. I know your works. How many know God knows everything about us? He knows everything. He sees everything. The Bible said there is nothing that's not manifested in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto him. Amen. He sees and he knows everything. But then he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So the point is, Jesus wants us to be hot and passionate for him. He doesn't want us to get cold. And especially, he doesn't want us to get lukewarm. He said, I wish you were hot or cold. See, what it is, is if you were cold, I mean, you know, there's a possibility you could get hot. But he doesn't want us to be lukewarm. So just say, lift your hand and say, I do not want to be lukewarm. I do not want to be a lukewarm Christian. I do not want to be lukewarm. Because then he said, this is what he's going to do. He says, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, man, that is, a, that is an awful place to be, is to be a lukewarm Christian. I mean, and people can't even see your light shining. Because you're so lukewarm. You know, when I worked at the post office, there was this young girl that gave her life to the Lord. And there were some Christians there. At first, when I first went there, uh, some people that go to church here, they work at the post office now. But I didn't know there were Christians there. They were hiding in the closet. Then little by little, they began to come out of the closet. But this young girl that had given her life to Jesus, this is what she came to me and asked me about one of the Christians. She said... Is he a real Christian? See, they didn't even know. They couldn't even tell he was a real Christian. Because he had gotten so lukewarm. They were playing music they shouldn't be playing. They were doing things they shouldn't have been doing. I mean, you know, we don't want people to ask whether or not we're a real Christian. Amen? I mean, you know, we don't want people to ask us ask if we are real Christians. People should know that we are real Christians. Amen? By the way we live our lives. By the way, we show our love for Jesus. Amen. I mean, if you know Jesus, I mean, you don't even have to. You don't even have to go out and say, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. But it's the way you live your life. It's the way you live your life. And I remember when I worked at the post office, listen, that's how I learned how to do spiritual warfare is at the post office. <laughs> and so there was a young man that came to me. And this is what he said. He said, Mr. McCray, he says, I want you to know. That because I, I watched you and watched your witness, he said, I was so convicted. I stopped looking at pornography. I stopped doing all those things. You know, he says, and I'm, I'm going to begin to start coming to church. You know, I didn't even know. I had no clue, no idea. But people watch your lives. They watch your lives to see, are you hot? Are you cold? Or are you lukewarm? Amen. So we need to watch our lives and how we live our lives. Why? And it just shows what, that what kind of relationship we have with Jesus. We need to keep our relationship with Jesus hot and passionate. Amen. How, how many people want to have a hot relationship with Jesus? Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, we've got to watch it because Jesus told them, I have somewhat against you. I have this against you. I don't want Jesus to have something against me. Amen. 
And since I don't, the next thing we do in order to maintain that, that uh, hot passion relationship with Jesus is we have to have a lifestyle of repentance. We've got to repent when we mess up. How many of you are going to mess up? You know you're going to mess up. We all are going to mess up, right? How I many you know that the Bible says, it says, if you say you have no sin, you're a liar. He says, and the truth is not in you. But when we sin, everybody say when, when we sin, we have an advocate with the father, Jesus, the son of God. Amen. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So we're going to mess up. But when we do, we just thank Jesus. Thank Jesus for his blood that cleanses us and washes us white as snow. White as snow so we can go into the holy place. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood. How many of you know it's so important that we have the opportunity to ask Jesus to forgive us when we sin? Amen. And then here's a scripture, one of my uh, favorite scriptures in Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God. All right, let's say that scripture. Say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see. If there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way that's everlasting. So we ask the Holy Spirit to search us. Ask the Holy Spirit to show us ourselves. And how many of you know when you do it, he's going to show you. He's going to show you things. How many of you have ever gotten in the bed and you got quiet and then the Holy Spirit brought to your remembrance something you said that day or something you did that day? That's the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is faithful. Amen. He is faithful. He will show us ourselves. So why? He says, so, so he can lead us in the way that's everlasting. So we can get on the right path. Amen. So we can get on the right path. And then listen to what Job said, Job 42 and 6. He says, therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. You know, back then, that's what they would do. They would put dust and ashes on top of their head, Brother George. You know, I'm glad we don't have to do that now. We don't have to put dust and ashes on top of our head. But he was saying, this is symbolizing his heart, his repentant heart. And, you know, we should hate what God hates. How many of you hate sin? Amen. Because God hates sin. How many of you hate rebellion? Amen rebellion the bible says the rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft so we hate that and how many of you hate the flesh amen you you hate the flesh we just i want to operate in the flesh i mean the bible talks about the carnal mind is enmity against god and you operate in the flesh i'm just going to do this i'm going to do the in the flesh and then once you do it then you hate you did it amen so don't operate in the flesh don't Operate in sin and rebellion without repentance. Amen. We've got to. Sometimes Satan does catch us unaware. But when you willingly sin, when you willingly get in the flesh, you will. How many of you know that sin separates us from God? It separates us in our relationship with the Lord. Amen. So we don't want to get into sin. We don't want to get into the flesh. We don't want to operate in in rebellion. Amen. And so then in 2 Corinthians, verse 13, chapter 13, verse 5, the Bible says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Now, 
Sometimes I want to examine Donald. But that's not what the Lord told us to do. Do you ever want to, do you, you ever want to examine Kenny? But we, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Amen. Test yourselves. The Bible says, do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Jesus is in us. So we examine ourselves. You know, when I, wor- I worked in recovery here in Camden for years and years, and we learn to do inventory and inventory. But you know what? The Lord told me to do an inventory even before I got to recovery. You know, I was looking at, you know, how many of you ever looked at your spouse or looked at your children, seeing what other people are doing and not looking at yourself? So the Lord just told me, said, you get a list, get a sheet of paper, and we're going to write down what I'm going to show you that's wrong with you. So I got my paper, and I started writing. I said, surely it won't be many things. (laughs) But I started writing those things down. And listen, I just like, whoo, Lord, that's enough. That's enough, Lord. So the Lord said, examine yourself. And see, you can't even get those things changed in your life without God. We need God to help us to change things in our lives. Amen? We, we have to. And it's going to tell you. He'll give you. It's the word of God. It's the sharp two-edged sword that roots and cuts the roots of those sins and things out of our lives. It takes the word of God. First, we, gotta, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us what's wrong with us. And then with the Lord's help. He can help us to get those things out of our lives. Amen. And you know, living in repentance, it keeps your heart pure. It keeps you clean. It keeps your heart pure. And you know, Jesus said this, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. How many of you want to see God? How many of you want to see him? You want to be in his presence. You want to feel the power of the Holy Spirit when you're there. Amen. Amen. We want the power of the Spirit of God. We want to know that we are in His good grace. That we are, we are pleasing to Him. Amen. Because the Bible says, You will show me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. So we want to get in His presence and go in to the place where we are fellowshipping with him where we can feel his heart and so that he will speak to us how many you know one word from god can change everything one word from god can change everything so i want to hear what god has to say to me amen i want to keep my relationship with him strong so that he can continue to show me things so he can continue to tell me things amen how I many you know god knows He knows the path we need to walk in. He shows us which way to go, which way not to go. Amen. That comes from our relationship with him. See, you don't have a relationship with people that you don't talk to and that you don't fellowship with. Amen. Because you don't really know them. So our our goal is to really to follow on to know the Lord. It's not, it, it, it takes more than just being saved. It takes more than that. We want to go on to know him. To know him. Intimately. 
so we can know his heart. So he can be pleased with us. When we do these things, that's the first step for revival. To put him first. To live in repentance. To keep ourselves clean. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're on our way to revival. And, and so now, here's prerequisite number two. To continue to hunger and thirst after God. How I many you know we need to hunger and thirst after him? We do. I mean, we, we, I want are you desperate for him? I, I'm, de- I'm desperate. Lord, please help me. <laughs> Show me things, God. Show me who you really are. I mean, you know, it's not enough just to read about it. We want to experience it. Amen. We want to experience him. Hallelujah. In John chapter 7, verse 37, this is what Jesus said. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. In other words, come to him and you will get all your needs met. Come to me and drink. And then he said, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, out of his heart, shall flow rivers of living waters. Do you want rivers of living waters flowing out of you? Well, guess what? You have a river inside of you. The Spirit of God is inside of you. Amen? So, but God wants that river to flow out of you to other people to reach the world. Amen? And so, it's not just even being filled with the Holy Spirit once. It's a continual filling of His Spirit. It's a continual filling. It's a continual river flowing out of you wherever you go. Amen? Praise the Lord. We don't want to be up some days, down some days. We want to be a river. We want to touch people. And so, when people, when they come into our presence, that they, that they are changed. Amen? That they know that they are loved. They, that they know that we have been with Jesus. You know, just like the disciples, it says, well, they were unlearned. They were ignorant and unlearned men, but they took note because they had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. I want people to know that I've been with Jesus. Do you want people to know you've been with Jesus? Yes, because things will happen and things will change in their lives because the Lord will give you a word for them. The Lord will just tell you to love them. Amen. To minister to them. I'm telling you, people should know. They should know you've been with Jesus. I mean, we don't act like the world. Amen? Because we've been with Jesus, we're different. We're new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. You know, people shouldn't, shouldn't have to wonder who we are. Because we walk in love. We walk in love. You know, I, I, was, I have a lot of testimonies about the post office. But anyway, the hours are, were weird. You know, we had most, most of the work is being done when everybody else is asleep. I mean, I, I used to go to work sometimes at 2.30 in the morning, sometimes 4.30 in the morning. And um, even when I first started, I even had to work on Sunday mornings. But I had to pray myself off of that. I, you know, I knew that wasn't going to last long. I had to pray myself off of that. But, you know, people, I'm serious, people would come into the post office those times of morning. They'd be mean, they'd be grumpy and grouchy. 
one young man, he would, he came in and he just, you know, we had those metal cages that we put mail on. He just came in and he just like kicked the cage. Everybody's like, ooh, get out of his way. You know, he's mad and he's upset. But, you know, one of those guys came to me and said, I just don't understand how you can be happy up here at this post office. I said, well, I've got Jesus down in my heart. Y'all know that song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. I've got Jesus in my heart to stay. Amen. So when you go to work on your job, you should be different. They should see Jesus inside of you. Amen. They should see Jesus working and operating in you. And then, you know, then they, they, if they want it, if they want it, they'll get closer. If they don't want it, they'll move away. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we want to hunger and thirst after Jesus. And we go to him and drink. Psalm 42, 1, everybody knows these scripture. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? We're thirsting for God. That's how we should be, church. We should be thirsting for him. You know, not thirsting. It's like, oh, when's my next, I don't you know, soap operas, you know, when's my next story going to come on? You know, when is this going to happen? No, we want, I, I, I just value my time with the Lord. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to tell you, that's one of my, my greatest battles is fighting for my time. I'm going to have my time with the Lord. Amen. I'm going to have my time with Jesus because I know nothing else is going to work without him. How I many of you know that nothing else is going to work without him? So we need him. So we hunger and thirst for the living God. Hallelujah. In Psalm 63 and verse 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Amen. We're hungering and thirsting for him. To change our lives. To change the situations here. Listen. Things can change. Things can change because the power of God in you can change people's lives. And I just believe things are going to change. Amen. How many of you believe things going? Things are going to change. Things are going to change. Hallelujah. And so then he says, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power in your glory. Lord, we're, we're looking for you. We're searching for you. Amen. We're searching for you with all our heart. We're looking. We want more of you, God. We want more of you in our lives. Lord, we're not going to be satisfied until we have you. Until we have you being saturated into our spirit. Amen. We're not going to stop until we find him to his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this scripture in Psalms 84 says, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs. Yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out. So in the Hebrew, that word longs means to pine after. It's like you're whining after. You ever had a little whiny kid that they want something? You know, we want you. We want this, Lord. We want this to be greedy for. God wants us to be greedy for him. Amen. And it says, and this is what it means. I want God more than I want anything else in my life. How many of you want God more than anything else in your life? And we want his presence more than anything else. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then the word, um, 
uh longs for well i said longs for okay uh faints this what is faints is the word kayla it means to end i mean anybody out here any ladies ever fainted i have you, you know it's kind of like you're, you're dying you know i mean it's just like you know you're not dead but still it's like you cease the word means to cease consume waste the idea is the soul is willing to expire in order to find God. How many of you, ex- it, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to find God. You're, you're willing to faint in order to find God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so he actually, David is saying, I'm, I'm willing to die to find God. And I know this, uh, this minister that he was so hungry and thirsty for God. This is what he said. He said, God, if you don't come down here and touch me, I'm going to die and come up there and touch you. I mean, that's a, that's a hungry person, isn't it? That, that's a hungry person. And you know what? He kept praying that prayer and the power of God came down upon him and mightily anointed him. And he is mightily anointed today because he had that kind of hunger in his life. He had that kind of thirst in his life. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then the word cry out. That word in the Hebrew is Rainan. It means to shout. To cry out with a loud cry. And so, you know what? That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to shout. We're going to cry out to God. We're going to cry out to God. Let's lift our hands right now. And let's just cry out to God. Oh, Father. Thank you, Father. For all that you have done for us. Lord. You deserve it all. You deserve all the glory. You deserve all our praise. And we cry out to you today. Lord, come. Come to us. Come, Lord. Oh, God. We want you, Lord. We ask you to put supernatural hunger and thirst in our hearts for more of you, Lord, so that we can be ready for revival. So we can be ready, Lord, for the power of God to flow from out of us into the world. So they can see that our God is God. Lord, let's let's shout to the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we just want to thank you. We just want to praise you, God. Lord, we declare revival is on the way. Revival is coming to this land. Revival is coming to this house. Revival is coming to this house to our personal houses. Lord, revival is coming. Hallelujah. How I many of y'all believe revival is coming? Where well, you get those things in your life and you make Jesus first in your life. You keep a repentant lifestyle. You continue to hunger and to thirst after God. Amen. And you know what? Next thing we know, revival will be here. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.